Hello, everyone. <laughs> I was expecting another song coming up, and uh, so I'm a little late on my perch this morning, but we're glad you're here. It's good to see you. We praise God for holding back the rain and uh, just want you to enjoy his presence. Amen. So I, I, on the count of three, I want you to get this together. Are you ready on the count of three? Do this for three seconds. Honk if you love Jesus. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Ephesians, the third chapter and the 20th verse. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Paul speaking, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word and we just ask that you have your way here today. God, let me become a conduit that you can flow through and let our prayer be that we want less of us and more of you. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to speak to you for just a little while this afternoon or this morning on this topic. This changes everything. Would you say that with me? This changes everything. You know, there are junctures in our lives when it seems like certain things are inevitable. They're going to happen. But then an unforeseen element enters the equation, and this changes everything. In 1948, with the election between Harry Truman and Thomas E. Dewey, everyone was certain that Dewey was going to win the presidential election. So much so that the Chicago Tribune printed their headline, Dewey defeats Truman. I almost said Trump. <laughs> Dewey defeats Truman. They had 150,000 copies of that paper printed. And then the results came in. And Truman had won the election. Sometimes there's an unforeseen element that enters into our equation and it changes everything for us. That was Gideon's case. Gideon finds himself in a situation where the Midianites had come in and they had Israel under oppression. They were destroying their crops. They were stealing their crops and Gideon felt whipped and undone. Anybody ever been there before? Anyone ever felt whipped before like there was just nothing you can do? That was Gideon's perception of himself. But when God saw Gideon, he sent an angel and the angel said to Gideon, called him a mighty man of valor. Gideon begins to look around and he said, look man, he said, if, if, if I'm a mighty man of valor, where are all the miracles that we heard about from our forefathers and how God delivered them. And he's just got some questions in his heart. Have you ever been there? You ever have questions in your heart wondering, God, what's going on? I don't understand this. 
I want to let you in on a little secret. There's nowhere in Scripture that says you have to understand. You just need to trust Him. Everybody say it with me. Just trust Him. So Gideon is so depressed, he's so defeated, that when the angel appears to him, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't change his resolve. He, he's still questioning, and he even makes a statement. He said, well, let me go prepare a, you know, a, a meal for you. And he brings the meal back, and the angel touches it with a staff, and fire flashes up, and the angel goes up in the fire. And still Gideon has his doubts. You know, sometimes, we, you know, things that we look at and we see and we think, man, if that had happened to me, I would have been fired up and ready to go. But you can't really judge another person's walk until you've been in their shoes, can you? Sometimes you just don't know what's going on in their mind or in their heart, and so you just have to pray and say, God, do whatever it takes to cause them to understand that you're able to change everything. Gideon comes to the Lord and he says, look, if you're really going to do what you said you're going to do, then make this fleece wet and the ground dry. That wasn't enough. He came back and he said, make the ground or make the fleece dry and the ground wet. Still wasn't enough. He just had his doubts and his fears. If we're going to be honest with each other, there are seasons that we've walked through where we've just doubted and everything that happened, we just saw... the impossible. We, we, we just thought there's no way that this is going to change. But I'm telling you, the scripture said, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you are able to ask or think. God's letting us know that he's bigger than your thought process. He's bigger than your circumstance. He's bigger than your situation. And you can't wear God out. And so, When Gideon sees the fleece happen, he gets excited enough that he goes and blows a trumpet and he calls Israel to him. 32,000 men show up. 32,000 soldiers to fight. And man, he's ready to go. And God said, no, that's too many. Now, you have to understand that they were already outnumbered with with an army of 32,000. They were still far outnumbered. But God told Gideon, that's too many. See, sometimes God has to get you to a place where there is not a doubt in your mind that when it happens, it was all about him and not about us. Amen? So he takes Gideon from 32,000 to 300 men. And he knows that that's going to shake Gideon's resolve. He understands that. And so God speaks to him and he said, Now look, if you're afraid to go and fight with these 300, I want you to go down to the camp and I'm going to encourage you down there. He he slips down to the camp of the Midianites and he overhears a dream that one of them had. And he said, I saw a loaf of barley coming in to the camp and it knocked down all the tents. And he said, This has got to be the, the hand of God. This has got to be about Gideon and Gideon gets so fired up over the dream. Do you understand that the dream changed everything? Have you ever had a moment in your life where the devil seemed like he had you in a headlock and you felt like you weren't going to get out of his grasp and all of a sudden God did something and that changed everything. God gave you a word or he gave you a dream or he put a song in your heart. He did something to you that caused you to stand up and say, you know what? If God be for me, who my friend can be against me. And so Gideon gets a resolve. 
He takes those 300 men and he goes back and he said, I'm ready to go fight. And he tells them, he said, when you hear me shout, he said, I want you to shout out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. What you have to understand is this, is God is not limited by our means. He's just looking for us to trust him. He wants us to say, here I am, God use me. Anybody ready to let God use them today? In 19, when Israel became a nation in 1948, they fought an enemy and it seemed like the, you know, that they, they would never survive it, but they did survive it. Then in 1967, history records a six-day war. Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq joined forces against Israel and Russia was backing them with their war machine. They were supplying the, the, the equipment for war. The United States remained silent. They did not enter into that equation. And it seemed like that everyone had turned their back on Israel. Except God. And how many of you know that that changes everything? It doesn't, doesn't matter what the situation is. They thought, these countries thought that this would be a quick war, that they would, as a matter of fact, they openly stated that they were going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. But then something happened. There were some unforeseen elements that entered that equation. And when God got, gets involved in your circumstance, friend, it changes everything. Uh, Israel saw the enemy inching closer and closer, and they knew that they needed to strike before the enemy struck. So they launched their air force. Jordan began to radio to Egypt to scramble their jets. But Egypt had changed their codes and had not told Jordan. So Egypt is not getting the communication. Within three hours, the Israeli Air Force had destroyed more than half of the Egyptian Air Force. All their planes had taken them out. I'm telling you that when God gets involved, it changes everything. They started marching toward the, the, the next group of Egyptians and the Syrians and all of a sudden they, start, they, they expected intense fighting. But instead they heard explosions. When Israel got to where they were, they found out that the army had blown up their own equipment and left. Then later when they went to another place and they started to do the battle, the army took off out of there. All those countries fled and left all their equipment behind. Do you understand? This didn't happen in biblical days. This happened in our day. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did then, he'll do now. This, my friend, changes everything. There's a man, he's a leper. He has no hope. He's been separated from family and friends. He's pushed out of society. The way that some of us are feeling, right? You know, I mean, we, you can only stay shut up so long. He began to feel like he was isolated and that there was no one there for him. He saw Jesus and a multitude of people following him and he took a chance. He knew that they could stone him. He knew that it was wrong for him to approach that crowd, but he just started yelling, unclean, unclean, and everyone scattered except one person. Jesus will never run from your turmoil. Jesus will never run from your situation. 
He'll never run from what's trying to take you under. And that man stood at the feet of Jesus and he looked up at him and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus smiled at him and when he did, he touched him and these words changed everything. Jesus said, I am willing. Do you understand today that he's willing to get involved in your situation? He's willing to rescue you. He's willing to touch your family. He's willing to heal your body. He's willing to save your soul but we've got to be willing to say here I am Lord I need you this changes everything the Pharisees thought that they had Jesus exactly where they wanted him Friday's crucifixion would rob the disciples of their hope and their promise they watched Jesus beaten beyond recognition. They watched his face swell until Isaiah said that his image was marred more than any man. He was unrecognizable. His back was a bloody mess. He had seven inch spikes through his hands and his feet. A spear would end up piercing his side. But before it did, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, It is finished. And that's what the Pharisees believed. That's what his enemies believed. They believed that it was all over. That Jesus was done. Until something else entered the equation you see when he cried out it is finished it was really just getting started the Bible said that behold the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and the earth quaked and rocks were split and the graves were opened and then many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised coming out of the graves after his resurrection went into the holy city and appeared to many when it seemed like it was over, it was just about to change. When that veil tore that separated man from the Holy of Holies, it was God letting you know that there's no longer a separation between us. But now we can come boldly before the throne of grace. When the earth began to shake, when the earth received Abel's blood, it was cursed. But when the blood of Jesus touched it, it quaked under that blood. It could not receive that blood, and it refused to. The rocks begin to split. They begin to break apart. Jesus had told the people before when they went to Jesus and commanded that the crowd would hold their peace. Jesus had looked at them and said, if these hold their peace, the very rocks will cry out. And that day, no one was praising him. That day, no one was cheering for him. That day, no one was worshiping him. So my friend, the rocks begin to break forth in praise. As the earth shook, the rocks begin to break apart and praise God. And then, when those rocks broke apart, it opened up the tombs of the saints that had died. And that was about to change everything. They placed a limp body in a borrowed grave. But the body refused to stay in that grave. Three days later, 
they would find an empty tomb. And the empty tomb changed everything. When Jesus came out of that tomb, the scripture said that those that had been in the graves came into Jerusalem. Can you imagine what was going on in Jerusalem that day? Can you imagine when all of a sudden a knock came on a door and somebody saw Zacharias standing at the door or Joseph, Jesus' father, or they saw John the Baptist raised from the dead? Do, do you understand? I don't know who they were, but what I know is that dead men were walking in Jerusalem. And when dead men walk, that changes everything. Can I have you look up this way for just a moment I want you to take a good look at a dead man walking because if it had not been for God I would have been dead a long time ago if it had not been for the Lord I would have been my life would have been over but because of his love and his grace and his mercy it changed everything God wants us to move from fear to faith from being pitiful to being powerful from being weak to being strong. The scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We stand on the verge of having the greatest harvest that we've ever seen in our lifetime. But we'll never have it if we're timid and we begin to take a back seat to everything that's happened around us. We've got to raise our hands and declare, I may not know what's going on, but I know who's in control. God is still able and it changes everything. Peter and John had watched him die. They watched his lifeless body taken from that cross. They hid themselves for days until Jesus revealed himself to him. And when they saw a resurrected Savior, it changed everything for them. There was a boldness that came over them. The Holy Spirit filled them. They saw a man at a gate called Beautiful that was lame. And Peter looked at him and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That man jumped up and it started a revival. Do you know that on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were saved? But after that happened, there was another 2,000 because the Bible said that now they numbered 5,000 believers. When we begin to step out by faith and say, God, I'm not going to be afraid of my circumstance. I'm not going to be afraid of my surroundings. I'm not going to be afraid of my situation. Let me tell you this. If you've lost a job, God's got a better one for you. If you feel like everything's going under, God's going to raise you up. We just have to stand on his word and this changes everything they came to Peter and John and they said in what name do you do this and he said look if it's a question about how this man walks we're not timid about answering that it's because of Jesus as he's walking around today he's the same one that you crucified he's the same one that you did away with I want you to hear what I'm going to say for some time it seems like we as a church have been lulled into a rocking chair falling asleep and I believe God had to get our attention and wake us up. Do you understand that when you can't meet, you want to meet? That when all of a sudden we begin to find ourselves at a place where we don't understand what's happening, we have to turn our faith to Christ. God is looking for a church to rise up in power and say, Lord, I believe. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I want you to stop for a minute and search your heart and 
your imagination? What do you believe God can do? What do you believe God is capable of doing? And this is what he said. I can do more than that. I can do more than you're thinking. I can do more than you're asking. But it's according to the power that works where? In us. Turn around and look at the person in the car next to you. And shout at them, there's something powerful in you. Oh, oh, that sounded good. Let's do that one more time, would you? There's something powerful in you. You know, when I was a kid, I remember, how many of you remember taking, you know, firecrackers, you know, and you're, 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 you know, you're supposed to get rid of those things, right? And, and we would see how long we could hold it before it went off. And I'll never forget, I'd taken a piece of gum and I'd stuck around this firecracker and it was going to be a real joke and I was going to light it and throw it toward a friend and then that gum was going to blow all over him. That, that firecracker had a quick fuse. So when I lit it, it went... I barely got my hand off of it and it blew up and I had gum all over me. Do you understand that God is saying, look, you got to let go of it. Quit hanging on to it. If you want it to get on somebody else, you're going to have to give it a toss. If you want what God's given you to fall on somebody else and you've got to share it. Somebody say it with me, share it. So here is what I want you to recognize. That the tomb is still empty. Jesus is alive and well. And because he lives, this changes everything. It means that we're not alone. That we've been bought with a price. The Bible said that old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. We need a holy boldness. And we need to quit. Here's, here's the problem. It's, the Bible says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let's get real with each other for just a second. How many times do we find ourselves being influenced by the world instead of His Word? You know what I'm talking about? That all of a sudden, in, in, instead of believing what's in the book, we begin to listen to voices around us. Here's the problem with voices around us. There's a multitude of them. And there's one voice that we need to be tuned into. We must declare His love with confidence. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your circumstance, Jesus can still change everything. We either believe it all or we don't believe it at all. This book, His Word, changes everything. How many of you today are ready to say, God, here I am, use me? This is what I want you to do. I know I don't have bones flying off this roof today. But there's something that God spoke to my heart that I really want us to get. I don't believe that God sent this virus. I know it came from the pit of hell. But I also know that God is using this to try and get our attention. So let me ask a question. How many of you today value 
your family more than you did before this happened? How many of you value your friendship, your friends more than you did when this happened? How many, now let me ask you this question. How many of you value coming to church more than you did when this happened? You know, I, I, I don't know really how to describe this, but from the time I was 18 years old, I was preaching. And there was a revival that was in my heart. And I, I was in church. I can't... I can probably count on two hands the number of times I missed church since I was 18 years old. It became valuable to me. During this season we're in, you, my friends, have become even more valuable to me than you were before. Just your presence, just your faces, just being able to shake your hand and hug your neck means more today than it's ever meant in my life. This season changed everything. It changed the way we see each other. It changed the way we see our freedom of worshiping God. I'm thankful that we're able to have a parking lot service today. Aren't you? <laughs> There's one thing that I've discovered in this. If you take this away from me, then you're going to have to take me away from the world. Because this is what I live for. This is what I long for. And this is what he died for. So that we might be saved. You, my friend, are a powerful force. But I think sometimes we don't recognize it. We see ourselves as pitiful instead of powerful. We don't realize how much a phone call can make a difference in someone's life. We don't realize that our words can bring life. Now unto Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above more or above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now I know I can't lay hands on you today. But you can lay hands on yourself. And so this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I remember I was reading the life of Wigglesworth. And Wigglesworth, when he laid hands on people, he really laid hands on people. I mean, he, he'd punch you. And people go look at him and they say, I can't believe he just did that. But when he punched you and your cancer dried up, you didn't care about the punch. <laughs> he, he went into a park and he was having an outside service and the authorities told him you cannot lay hands on anyone and Wigglesworth began to pray and he said God what should I do 
And God spoke to Wigglesworth and he said, have the people lay hands on themselves. And so today, I want you to lay hands on yourself. I want you to lay your hand over your heart and say, God, I am so thankful for all that you've done for me. There's a lot that I've taken for granted, God. But I don't take for granted anymore. And I'm asking you to stir up the gift that you put in me. There's something powerful inside of me. You filled me with your spirit. I'm asking you to let your spirit ignite in my heart and my soul and become like a fire that shut up in my bones so that wherever I go and wherever I'm at, I am going to experience revival in Jesus' name. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in here today. I want you to understand as they get ready to sing this, that what we've been through changes everything. We will never go back to church as usual. It has changed everything. God bless you. We love you.
Stop.